Today's episode is Why Will You Fail in Business? Yesterday I was listening to a podcast of Cody Sanchez and she mentioned that title and I was like, I don't want to fail in business, so I will check it out. And I believe that learning from other people's experience is the best thing that we can do. Many people say, oh, that's bad, but they don't pay close attention to the details and at the end they tend to make the same mistake. I can tell you, I can assure you, that if you follow other people's mistake, you can save 10 years or 20 years of your life. And if you check the stats, basically uh, all the business disappear within 10 years. Like just 20 or 10% of all the business remain in the market. And not just that, they remain in the market, but they are not necessarily profitable. So if you want to really succeed in business, make some money and make your life less miserable as always as a business owner, I will highly suggest you to pay attention to these 10 common mistakes that I'm going to mention today. Uh, even if you don't start a business or uh, any kind of financial endeavor, if you are just a freelancer, because I assume that you want to make as much money as possible, working as little as possible, if you want to become a freelancer, also this episode is going to help you a lot. So before starting, as always, Thanks to the sponsor, inglesparacholos.com. Remember, if you want to receive the Winston directly from me, you can go to the website and spread the word. Tell the people to go to Google Podcasts and Spotify. They will find me with my nickname, Uncle Balta. So let's start with something that sounds like common sense, but as we know, common sense is, is very unlikely to find in the market. And it's having a disruptor solution, a disruptive solution. Uh, most of the people just copy. We always mention that in Latin America, the creativity is wow, you know, like the Latinos are creative. But if you go to the street, you know, everybody has the same solution. <laughs> it's like, just to give you a case. Remember a long time ago, here in Peru, when we have the cyber cafes, everybody was running cyber cafes, cabinas de internet. Everybody was doing the same. If you go here in aviación, everybody have hamburgers, like five hamburgers store one next to the other. So creativity is not something that prevails in the Latino's mind. And if you don't have something different, it's hard to promote it. You want to create something, a product or a service that is so compelling that selling, offering, running marketing around that is so easy. And the best way to do it, and I mentioned before on this podcast, is you don't start from the product, you start from the market, what the market is craving. And from that thing, you start going backwards. You start doing reverse engineer. How we can fix a problem that is already there in a better way that nobody is fixing it until this moment. Uh, something extra is that how do you know if your product is going to be accepted by the market? And that's why you need to test. Some people will tell you to do like a poll, a certain encuesta, but that shit doesn't work. The best way to know if people want something if, if they pay with their money. They tell you that they want it if they buy with their money. And you can start with what we call the MVP, the minimum viable product. One very simple version of the thing that you want to offer. And in that way, you want you can test if the market is ready or not for your product. If you check the case of Elon Musk, for example, the Cybertruck, he said, if you want to reserve this car, you can pay $100. $100 is not wow money for a car. But at least it's a way to, it's a signal from the market that they really want. People can say many things, but if they put the money, that's different. So that's the first one, not having a disruptive solution. The second one is not surfing the trends. But before continuing, friendly reminder, if you want to work with me, remember, I reply all my messages, go to my personal WhatsApp, 
más 51 9890 23 986. If you want to buy English para cholos, supplements, or my audiobooks, you can go to my personal WhatsApp. The next one is not surfing the trends, or what I call the waves, las olas. If you have been, maybe if you have surfed in your life, si has, si has surfeado, if you have surfed in your life, you know that in order to catch the wave, you need to row, tienes que remar to catch the wave. At the beginning, you need to row hard, hard until you catch the wave. And once that you catch the wave, the process is effortless. The board just slides around the, the wave and it's so easy. But we need two things. We need to row hard at the beginning of the wave. And more important than rowing, we need to have a wave. And many people want to start an endeavor, a business, a startup without having a wave. And that is It can work, but it's much, much harder. If you're rowing for maybe five years or 10 years, you want to catch the wave and you want to catch the wave before anybody else. <laughs> so you can enjoy as much as possible. Um, just to give you a case, in the year 2010, I saw that people were uh, obsessed, were starting, no were obsessed, they were starting to pay attention to the physique. Um, that was not something that happened in the year 2003. In the 2003, I used to go to the gym since the since the 03, is it 2003, and not many people used to go to the to the gym. I remember they would ask me, "Oh, you look bigger." Yes, yes, I'm doing exercise. Oh, do you go to the gym? Why? So going to the gym was something weird. The gyms were empty. I I remember, <laughs> and this is like parallel topic, but I remember going to the gym at 7 p.m in the 2003, and the gym was basically empty at 7 p.m., imagine, huh? That's something that doesn't happen anymore now. But if you pay your gym membership, you will expect to see in the gym room maybe three or four people maximum. Peak hour, maybe 15 people, and that's it. It's not the 200 people that you see now in SmartFit. Things have changed. But coming back to the topic, is that in the 2010, the trend started to change. The wave started to grow. And there was attraction around fixing your physique. I'm sure that this is connected, and it's not a coincidence, this is connected with the social media stuff. When you can start uploading pictures from yourself, and now more people can see your body, can see your physique, there is a higher obsession with this. I would like to know, and I don't know this data, but I'm sure that in the same way that the fitness industry grew, the cosmetic, the plastic surgery also grew due to social media. But that's topic for other day. What I'm trying to share with you today is that we need to use this wave. Year 2010, I used the wave of fitness. Uh, 2000, yes, in, in that time also, I used the wave of Facebook. People started to use Facebook more. I used the wave of 2020, the COVID, to sell my audiobooks. The audiobooks was interesting because I recorded my audiobook, Como Dejar de Ser Una Putita, in the year 2018. And nobody, nobody bought it. I remember... I was offering the audiobook and nobody bought it. No, why we are going to buy an audiobook? <laughs> in the 2020, COVID happened. And here in Peru, Vizcarra shut down everything. We were not able to do even delivery. The only thing that I had to offer was the audiobook. So I said, if someone wants to buy my audiobook, feel free. And people start to buy it. Why? Because there was a way for online products. And in the year 2021, when everybody was trying to run away from Peru, I started Inglés para Cholos. And I start to enjoy also the wave of people who want to go out of Peru. 
And the best places, usually they speak English, so that's why they want to learn their English. Just to summarize this topic is pay attention to people's behaviors. That's the best way to spot a trend. And you need to move rapidly. Some people want to have all the data. In business, you will never have 100% of the data. By that time, it's late. In business, with maybe 10 or 15% of the data, when it looks like it's enough. It's like, imagine that you, you see the tail of a dog and you assume, yeah, that must be a dog. I don't think it's a cat, it looks like a dog. Something like that is business. When you have a little inside, you need to risk and go balls deep. Let's go to the next one, number three. And this is one of my favorite, it's called the bullwhip, el, el látigo del toro, the bullwhip. It's going to sound weird for many of you that are listening to this podcast, but I started researching about business since I was 13 years old, since I was a teenager. Maybe because I didn't have friends, who knows, but reality is that I was always uh, curious about how big businesses can disappear from the market. I used to do research on internet um, when internet used to have a price. Before you need, you used to pay per minute. So I had to open as many pages as possible, shut down the internet and start reading after that. And I also saw like, like close relatives losing their businesses, even after they had accomplished some huge, huge amount of money. And the reason is this thing called the bullwhip is that when your business start to grow, People believe that it's going to still grow in forever and they start to acquire a lot of fixed costs, costos fijos. It's good to keep investing in, in your business and we're going to check that later. But it's a bad idea to acquire a lot of fixed costs assuming that forever you're going to be with that level of production. And when I talk about fixed costs, I'm talking about employees, getting a lot of employees getting loans from the bank. Oh, now you need to pay the money back to the bank with the interest. Not only that, I'm talking about the vanity investment. What is a vanity investment? Trying to rent a fancy office, trying to buy maybe a BMW or an Audi car because you know you need to, to show, to display that the business is successful. And these vanity investments and fixed costs uh, eventually are going to harm your business if you have this bullwhip because most of the business have a bullwhip. The bullwhip can happen or most of the business, they, they are seasonal. They are not peak all year long. They are seasonal. Some people are in the high season and they believe the high season will remain the, the rest of the year. Or could be also that maybe there was a little spike for some situation like Zoom, for example. In, during COVID, everybody was using Zoom. Now, not many people are using Zoom. And people are jumping back to Google Nips and other platforms. So you get the point. Be careful with the fixed cost. The number four is, and I will put a lot of uh, situations here, but more or less the concept is the same. Having a single supplier or a single customer, both things are scary. If you have a single supplier, and maybe it's not a single supplier, it could be also a single person in the supply chain from the producer, from the manufacturer to your business. If you have a single player in what in that change, you are fucked. In my case, back then in the 2012 or 13, I had a player that was the guy, my Coyote. He used to bring the product from US to Peru. He was the only guy that I had. I had many suppliers in US, but only one Coyote. And since he knew that he was my, my only Coyote, my only option, he would charge me obscene amount of money for bringing the products to Peru, obscene. So whenever you have a supplier 
a person uh, also a customer that they know that they are just the only ones or they know that there are a few of them they will start abusing you they will start raping you taking sexual advantage of yourself so always try to have many suppliers many options in in customs in many options in customers and other thing be careful with distributors distributors could be also scary when you are growing and i can tell you because this happened to me many times people ask me if they can sell my products in their city having some exclusive agreement and i always say no why because if you accept this thing what is happening is that they will start selling they will start acquiring building a community with your brand and eventually another brand will appear and will tell them you know i can give you an extra margin if you start selling my products they will flip from your brand to the other brand just because they can make more commission and they will start shitting on your brand to say no that brand is not good anymore buy this new one so at the end they will start destroying your your brand you need to only work with distributors if it's mandatory in the case of vitamins it's not necessary the weight is not too heavy so i prefer to sell it directly to the end customer but if you really need to work with distributors try to have some uh, legal paperwork some legal documents that prohibit your supplier or your distributor to talk shit about you uh, if they are doing that especially in an online version you can sue them Puedes denunciarlo. so you need to protect your brand in advance without before working with a distributor and the best way that i have seen so far when people work with distributors is that they have agreements that they are they are forced to sell a volume and if they don't sell that volume they have to pay extra penalty. So in that way, the distributor have a skin in the game and now he doesn't want to talk shit about your brand. Let's go to the number five, single channel to attract customers. I was listening a podcast of Alex Hormozzi. And as you know, he always is talking of how can you increase the value of your business? He gave many strategies, but one of the factors that influence the price of a company is how many channels do you have to acquire customers? If you only have one channel, you are fucked. Also, in the same way, if you have only one customer, you are fucked. Also, if you have only one way to acquire customers, you are screwed. That was my case long time ago in the 2014, 13 with Facebook was my only channel. That was the reason I started the YouTube channel and the podcast later because I found out that just having one source of customers was not enough. Anytime they can block your account, they can delete your account and you are naked. Tacalato. You are you don't have any more customers. Also, that is one reason to protect yourself. The other reason is as um, Gary B will say, is because attention shift from one place to the other. Long time ago, attention was in written paper, in newspaper, in los periódicos. Later, from newspaper jump to radio. From radio jump to TV. From TV, jump to internet. And in internet, we have like little variations of attention. So the, the thing here is that whenever, uh, and if we are talking about internet, then we are talking about the platforms. A long time ago, people were all the time in Messenger. Then when they were in High Five, then it came uh, Facebook. And well, you know the trend. What I'm trying to go with this is that we always need to find where is the attention going for two reasons. First, because when attention jumps from one platform to other, it's cheap to buy. It's very cheap to acquire attention because not many 
um, not many businesses are investing in this new platform. So you can have like an arbitrage of very good attention for low price. And the second, because you want to always play in a blue ocean, in a place where there are less competitors. So that's why always follow the attention of your customers. Now I can tell you maybe one week or two weeks ago, YouTube sent me a message, a strike, saying that the next time they will delete my YouTube account. And you know, I could care less, honestly, because now I have podcasts, Instagram, Facebook, I have t even fucking TikTok, so I could care less. And not only that, now I have people who are promoting my brands in their YouTube channel. So even if they destroy my YouTube channel, I can start all over again. And that is something that we should always have. Backup plans for everything. Backup plan for employees, backup plan from acquiring customers, backup plan from products, and we will see that later. Let's go to the number six. Don't feed the cow. This is an Uncle Balta phrase. I came up with this uh, phrase in the year 2020. If you want to milk the cow, you need to feed the cow. And why I came with this? Because um, I make a stupid mistake. I took too, money, too much money out of my business to buy uh, two pieces of land in Chincha. Um, instead of reinvesting the money back in the business, I start to drain all the money out because I started to learn about investing and terrible mistake. I started to invest in Bitcoin and land. Both assets are good, but not at the expense of your business. So I took all the money out of my business. Um, well, then I had to recover. I had to recover. I have to pivot fast and I'm not going to make that mistake again. Now the money go back to the business because it's where you can make more profit. And in my case, I distract the resources to other investment, but some people are worse and they distract the resources in uh, blue labels and etiquetas azules in Paris, in, 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 in traveling all around the world. And that is a problem. You need to reinvest the money in the business if you want it to grow. How can you reinvest the money? I don't want to go against the previous mistake that was the, the bullwhip. Remember the bullwhip. We're going to reinvest the money first in publicity. Publicity always is going to help you. Always you want to have the attention of the people. Then we're going to invest in a stock. It's good to have a stock. Um, people believe, no, just buy enough stock. Enough is not, it's not, enough is not enough these days because you never know when the supply chain is going to be destroyed or is going to be stopped. So that's why you want to have extra stock. If you have a stock when anybody else have a stock, first, your prices are, are better and that is the cheapest way to acquire new customers. I, I remember back then in the year 2011 when I used to sell the Lipo 6 Black. I used to sell the Lipo 6 Black in 120 soles. In my 120 soles, even 110, I think. And the personal trainers used to sell it in 200 soles. So this was their game. They used to buy the Lipo 6 Black from me and they will go to the, to the customer and sell it in 200 soles. And you know, their technique was because people, they already knew that internet was a thing. So they will ask the trainer, hey, why the Lipo 6 is a 120 on the internet? No, that is fake Lipo 6. The real Lipo 6 is this one. So that was their technique. But by the time that they didn't have the Lipo 6 Black, um, the, their customers start to come to buy me. And they realize, oh, these trainers have been scamming all the time. <laughs> so that's the thing. You want to have a stock. So when your competitors run out of a, of a stock, that stock is the lead magnet of new customers. And something extra in uh, feeding the cow 
is remember to invest in your future audience. This is something that I have been applying since I started, but I always invest in my next 10 years audience. The people that are buying me now that are maybe 24 years old, they follow me since they were 13, since they were 15 years old, since they were teenagers. I mean, this is surprising, but when I go to gyms now, I have young kids that approach to me and they tell me, uh, Uncle Valet, I used to follow your podcast since I was in school. You know, so in my more than 10 years consuming my content. And that is, that's something that I learned from the terrorists. The terrorists, they do that. They target their future people since they are teenagers. So I was in business. I will take that strategy from the terrorists and apply it to business. So I always bring value to the young audience. Many businesses don't want to do that because they say, why am I going to put uh, time and energy in a junkie that doesn't have money? But I know that first, if I help him now in the future, they will be more invested in my brand. So always thinking in the future. Number seven, we only have 10, so we are, we are almost done. <laughs> I get excited with the business topics. Uh, oh, by the way, a friendly reminder, if you want to join the WhatsApp channel, you can type this URL anklebalta.com, unclebalta.com, and it's going to send you directly to my WhatsApp channel. It's a nice way to consume this podcast because I upload an image with the podcast every day, and you can check also the previous uh, episodes. So anklebalta.com, anklebalta.com. Next one, low margins. In low margins, I'm not going to expand because it's self-explanatory, but you understand that if you're, especially if you're a small business owner, especially if you're a small business owner, you don't want to have tight uh, margins. If you're a big corporation that has like a lot of money in the bank or a lot of access to money from the loans or, or credit, yes, you can have low margins because you can play with future money. Even many companies these days, they, they lose money every month. Why? Because they just want to acquire people in their customer list and later they will find a way to monetize that. That is a terrible way to, <laughs> to run business. But Amazon, for example, started in that way. I think Amazon didn't make money in the first five or 10 years. So the first 10 years were just losing money, imagine. But what I'm trying to go is that if you're a small player, you cannot play that game. You need to make money since day one. And the best way to do it is first finding a niche, a strong niche, people that really value the thing that you want to deliver, add as much value as possible, it, try to have less players less employees, less people in the distribution, try to go directly from yourself to your customers, try to reduce the fees in the payment methods also, that is important. Um, if you can make a margin, I would say if you're a small business owner, it's not going to be the same for everybody, but try to be above 30 or even 50% of the money that you receive. So one thing is your revenue, the money coming to your bank account, and other thing is your profit. Try to make it your profit above 50%. Nowadays, I will tell you, try to make your profit uh, above 200 or 500%. But when you start at least 30%, that allows you to have room for mistakes because you will have mistakes. Eventually, something will happen. And if you are playing with tight margins, you are going to be, uh, you will disappear from the market, one. Or second, inflation is going to destroy you. By the time that everything starts to become more expensive, how do you adjust your prices if you are a new player? You cannot adjust your, your prices. The competitors that have more time have more power to you to adjust prices. So be careful with having low margins since the beginning. Number eight is lack of research. And this one is, is very interesting, but I believe researching is the best investment of your time. And 
for two reasons. First, because if you find something that can change the game, you basically you start all over again and you are the first in the industry to apply this new technique. And second, because many people don't want to do it. Why they don't want to do it? Because there is a chance that you can spend, I can tell you, sometimes I have been investing two weeks of my life or even more researching about one thing and later on I realized, no, this shit is not going to help. Um, you could say that I waste two weeks or three weeks of my life. But in the way that I see it is that, yes, you can wait some weeks, but there's going to, there's a moment that you find something that, fuck, this is the thing. And with this thing, pays for all the time that you waste. It's like investment. It's like a risky investment, but in time. And of course, if a person look back in time and say, oh, yes, you, you are just doing this, this and that. Yes, but how did you figure it out how to do it in that way is the thing. And that's why research is key. Always try to allocate at least, at least, the minimum I would say is two hours per day. I try to allocate four hours of, or more doing research in different topics, in different technologies, um, especially in technologies. With all the things that we have now, one technology can save you the labor, the, the, the wage, los salarios of one person. One technology can help you to have new customers for less money. One technology can help you to receive money faster from other countries, so always researching is mandatory. Let's go to a number nine, then we go to a 10 and we wrap this podcast. Number nine is not using a system, and this was my mistake for years. Always I was doing things by myself because I thought I was, you know, like a superhero, so I can do everything by myself. Later, I realized that I had to deload some charge for myself. I try to delegate, but I'm bad delegating, but I'm good with technology. So now I'm trying to do as much technology as possible. And why we need to, why why do we need to create a system that could be people or technology? Any any of those uh, tools is available. But why? Because our health, nuestra salud is not going to be the same forever. And I'm talking about physical health and also mental health. Um, I know that I have seen, you know, I have older friends and I know that after 40 years old, 45 years old, health is not the same. So I don't want to wait until this moment to say, oh, I need to, to reinvent my business. No, I prefer to do it now. So in advance, I get in prepared for that moment. How can we do less? How with less input, we can have more output. And that is basically a system. Try to find a way that repetitive tasks do by itself. And last but not least, I would say starting with too many offers. Could be trying to run too many businesses at the same time when you start, or even something as simple as having too many products when you start. You want to have, if if it's possible, just one or two products, Uh, even one, I would say, and that is the way that you attract people. Once the people bought that product and they like your brand, now you can start selling other products. But try to start with one product. Why? If you want to sell, people need to hear about the product at least at least like 11 times. Or they need to be in contact with the seller or with your brand for more than 8 hours. So remember those two things. 11 contacts with the brand and 8 hours spending researching or listening about the brand. If you have too many offers, those 11 times are harder to accomplish because the people here maybe five times one of your products, five times the other, and five times the other. So it's better to, if they listen more time the same shit. And something extra is that 
you can have the, what I call the laser focus. Now I have laser focus with Inglés Paracholos, and that's why it's so easy to have people come into the system because everything that I'm looking for is how to improve the system all the time. So you, you have all your energy is channeling to just one thing. And some people uh, are scared like, oh yes, but what about diversification? Yes, diversification will come later. Once that you have the trust of your people, they will ask you for more things. You don't need to come up with them. Hey, do you also sell this? And that, that is the best way. When you have people that they like your brand, they will give you signals of what else do they need. And as you know, I don't like to, to wrap the podcast without mentioning the Uncle Balta tip. And this is something that I heard yesterday from a guy called Busi, Busi Tempanos something. It's, like, it's a nigga from South Africa, but it's Busi his name. And Busi said that the future is knowing how to combine the perfect mix of art and scalability. If you check a Starbucks, for example, Starbucks has a lot of scalability. McDonald's also, but they don't have the art that a local cafe or that a little hamburger store can offer you. So if you know how to mix art with scalability, how you can make your business grow, but without losing that magic that a small mom and pop, the negocio de papa y mamá have, if you can know how to have that art, but make it scalable, that is the future of business. I'm just started to research about that, but as you know, I, I love to share with you everything that I'm doing. So that is my, my next podcast, maybe. How to mix art and scalability in the best equilibrium or way as possible. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Remember, más 51-98-90-23-986 if you want to contact me. Ah, something extra. For the people that are from other countries, now I will start accepting also gift cards from Amazon if they want to pay me. So if you want to pay me with gift cards from Amazon, also feel free to do it. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and enjoy your weekend.